boxed, ready for Saturday morning's Greyhound Racing Wrap. Across Victoria, RSN 927 is talking greyhounds. Here's Simone Fisher. Good morning to you on this Saturday morning, the 6th of April. On this morning's show, I'll be chatting to Vaughan Lynch, GRV's General Manager for Racing, about a few different racing matters in the industry at the moment, including the new lure that is to be trialled at both Sandown and the Meadows. What's making news around the kennels? Ten heats of the Easter egg are to be run tonight at Wentworth Park and as usual the Victorians have a very strong hand with dogs such as Orson Allen, Poke the Bear and Dinah Patty along with many other classy chasers. It is a three-week series with the final to be run on Easter Saturday night and it's worth $250,000 to the winner. The launching pad heats commenced at Sandown on Thursday with the $150,000 to the winner final to be run Easter Thursday night with a huge Easter themed night including an egg hunt. We saw some very classy chases go around on Thursday, so really looking to the forward to the four semi-finals next week. And uh, Steve White had a big night. He's got three through to the semis. Coursing begins this weekend at the Longwood Course, and again the Coursing Association are using the slogan, Catch On To Coursing. It has been mentioned and proven many times that coursing can be beneficial to dogs that may have trouble negotiating a horseshoe or a circle track, and also those that may not be chasing so well in a field. Also great for some dogs that may need to find some confidence. So best of luck to the Coursing Association on a successful season ahead. Jezelenko is now officially in retirement after a sensational win against Black Opium last Sunday at Sale and another win at Sandown on Thursday night in 29.69. He is now officially the oldest dog to have won at the Sandown track. You may recall he was retired last year but did make a comeback after not wanting to become a pet but now at five and a half years of age owner-trainer Terry Marie Morris decided that he's done enough and his racing career has ended. And in the most unconventional manner, Terry said that Jezza and her shared a moment at the McDonald's drive through after sale last Sunday night. They both looked at each other and uh, knew that the time had come. So he does retire with having had 123 starts, 53 wins and 42 placings and has won over $430,000 in stakes. He has already sired three litres and is available for stud duties. And on April the 28th, we will see a nationwide Greyhound Adoption Day across the six Australian states. The Victorian League will be held at the Meadows. RSN 927's Talking Greyhounds with Simone Fisher. And joining me on Talking Greyhounds this morning is the General Manager for Racing at GRV, Vaughan Lynch. Good morning, Vaughan. Good morning, Simone. Thanks for having me on. No, great to have you on. There's um, always plenty happening, of course, on the racing side of things, which is what our industry is about. But um, a couple of things that have come up. You've got some new lures that are being trialled at Sandown and the Meadows, um, commencing tomorrow, Sunday at Sandown. Can you tell us all about these, Vaughan? Yes. Um, we've, it's part of our continuous improvement to uh, entice greyhounds to chase. And... You know, we've worked closely with the industry. Um, the Metro clubs have been willing to uh, trial some different options. The Racing Reference Group, um, while not unanimous, were, uh, have uh, endorsed these these trials. And, look, the, the new lures are fully synthetic lures, obviously. And the, one of the main bits of feedback was that with the participants wanted the lures to be a little bit closer to the ground and, so we found uh, that these lures, after 
several tests in several different prototypes were were the um, ones that we wanted to trial. So these are different to the hoop arm that we've been seeing on the the normal race meeting. So that's like the blue and yellow and white um, thing that sort of resembles something out of Sesame Street on the arm there. So this is yeah. at the at the meadows. Um, there's two lures, isn't there? And at Sandown, there's one, but they're just a bit yeah. different to the normal hoop. Yeah, that's right. So the the we affectionately call uh, the current lure the Bob Marley lure, right? For, for obvious reasons, and um, I don't think we've come up with a name for the new one. But um, the the Bob Marley, you know, has been successful on the end of a uh, a long hoop arm. This is still a hoop arm, but it's a little bit closer to the rail, one point two meters rather than one point five. And the lure is hanging. Uh, yeah, at Sandown One Lure at the end, which is at the 1.2 metre mark, and at Meadows Two Lures with one at about 500 mils off the rail, and then one at the end of the 1.2 metres. So these will be oh sorry, Simone, yeah, these will be trialled um, at the provincial meetings at those tracks over the next three months. Yeah, it sounds really good, and I guess for in today's racing climate, we do need to start looking at other ways that we can um, get greyhounds to enhance their natural chasing ability, and also the welfare and safety of our racing comes into play as well. So I guess from looking at different ways of these lures sitting on the track, how far out they sit, lower to the ground, like you mentioned, which does resemble more of um, what greyhounds are naturally wanting to chase, um, all of these type of things should come to some sort of... Um, you, you know, a conclusion, I guess, on what may be the best. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Look, we'll, we'll um, as I sort of said before, we'll always be looking to improve uh, and um, never never going to sit on our um, hands and do nothing. So uh, if people, you know, we're, we're open to suggestions and hard in the industry with, you know, so many participants because never going to be able to get... Um, you know, 100% agreement on any matter because people have got too many different priorities. However, throughout my sort of working racing, I always thought whatever's best for the industry is the best uh, thing. And sometimes that uh, doesn't suit everyone, but uh, hopefully in the long run we, we come up with the right solution. And I think one thing we can agree on is the hoop arm being positioned out more in the middle of the track. It certainly spread the field out a little bit more, hasn't it? Yeah, I, I, there's no doubt about that. And um, um, one, one of the things that will go along with this trial is um, the tracking technology of the dogs at both, both those tracks. So um, as these trials start... That might take a couple of weeks to get in place, but each dog will have a, a tracker, and they're, they're, where they position themselves on the track and how they get around the turns will be um, analysed uh, by us and by uh, independent experts to work out the safest racing line and you know how how that uh, what how the different length of the lure from the rail affects that. Yeah, these tracking devices, they're just um, put into the rugs, aren't they? And uh, I, I look, I really don't know much about them. I've been hearing from time to time about these tracking devices and they've been used. But what sort of data have you been collecting so far, Vaughan? Yeah, so we, we had, did a trial um, last year and and retrieved some data. Now we're going into a, a full-on uh, six-month trial at, at 
three tracks, uh, the Meadows, Sandown and Cranbourne, um, with three different companies. So we're trying to identify what the best um, solution is. And then, uh, you know, we've we put it through... We're working with people a lot smarter than, than me, Simone, who um, from the University of Technology, Sydney, who run them through artificial intelligence and learning machines and, um, you know, can uh, provide all sorts of data, like how many, how, how much you can see Scroham uh, um, covered, what, whether it got checked, whether it's dried, changed, all sorts of different um, uh, anal- analysis um, that will provide us a picture of what safe racing looks like because that's that's the aim here. Um, the 1.5 metre hoop arm has definitely spread the field. Um, at some tracks, it's 1.2 because of the uh, the width of the track. But mm. um, you know, we're, we've I think it, it's it's been proven that that has uh, reduced injuries on a data basis, but whether um, it's the you know the platinum solution, we'll just keep tinkering until we find what we um, uh, think is the best solution. So, has there been any um, results so far that have surprised you with the tracking devices? Oh, not really. Um, there's there's interesting information about where greyhounds hit their top. Speed, um, and how that affects the racing safety. So at a track like the Meadows, they're hitting their top speed at about where the catching pen is right. um, after jumping out of the, the 500 boxes. And, you know, that when you when you overlay that sort of prism watching races, you often see dogs dart away at that point. So they're still accelerating to that point, and if the dog gets a little bit of a a check or a little bit off stride, the dog can really dart away from hitting top speed at that at that time. So, it's just, well, not surprising. It's just validate uh, what people like you and you and I, Simone, who watch racing all the time, sort of inherently know and provide a scientific sort of um, background to it. Oh, it's good. I mean, we've got to use this technology to move forward and to keep this industry sustainable. So we, you know, we are answerable to the public. We want to show them that we've got this industry that is 100% committed to animal welfare and we're doing absolutely everything we can. And Vaughan, just before we wrap up this first section, um, my husband actually trialled at the Meadows on Wednesday and um, they had the, the different lure there. And he can be a bit um, tough on the compliments at times, but um, he did say it was good. He was happy, not that the dogs went any quicker for us, but he was happy with the way that the lure looked and the way it sat going around the track. So um, he can be a tough critic, so that may be um, a good endorsement for you. All right, well, that's, that's good feedback. Look, <laughs> we've had mostly good feedback, to be honest. Um, you know, and that's, that's, the, that's the bit about it. We'll just keep working with the industry and... You know, I just want people in the industry to understand that, um, you know, we've obviously come through a, a difficult period. Um, but um, to Alan's credit, uh, with my appointment, you know, six or eight months ago, you know, he's given me a, a imprimatur to really promote racing. And, um, you know, when it's all said and done, if we don't have racing, we don't need any of the other things. So... 
that's my focus. We've got a, a good team in at GRV who look after the animal welfare, rehoming, integrity, all that. I'm totally uh, committed to racing. It's it's my passion, and I'll, you know we'll, we'll try and make it uh, as good as we can for everyone. Um, you know, with the with the overlay of the animal welfare component. Vaughan, um, we've spoken about the new lures and the tracking devices, but an issue that um, resonates very strongly amongst everyone is the greyhound population at the moment, which can look at this two ways. For racing, it's probably not ideal, but for rehoming, it makes things a lot easier. Um, how are GRV addressing these issues of the, the current racing population? Um, yeah, Simone, the, the current racing population is... Uh, uh, factor or a symptom of um, the downturn in breeding that happened, you know, two to three years ago on the back of the New South Wales um, shutdown and about flip and then, uh, you know, I guess people's confidence in the industry. So mm-hmm. we we um, closely analysed the data and sort of see, seen the lowest period or predicted that the lowest period will be from um, April through to August this year. Right. Uh, so the way the way that we have to um, address that is to um, you know in, try to ensure that every dog um, is able to race uh, if it, it has provided that it chases and races in races that uh, it's able to compete in and generally what that means in a racing population I've had good experience with this at Harness Racing Victoria which was my job two two jobs ago, right. <laughs> um, where that uh, uh, breeding numbers have been um, dropping, you know, they still are, but consistently over a number of years. And we've got to entice those greyhounds that um, uh, that are good chasers, but just not fast enough, and get them into races that they can make money, so that they're um, viable for their owners. And the, the tier three. Um racing has been very, very popular, hasn't it? Um, particularly amongst the owner trainers, um, given that it's a reduced stake um, meeting. But they have been very popular for these greyhounds that um, may not be able to run at a, a full stakes provincial. Yeah, that's right. And look, the, what we've done from March, and you know, it take, takes people time to adjust and it takes us time to adjust, but is to make all those uh, level three meetings, as we're sort of now calling them, as um, age prize money meetings. And um, I know it's not universally popular, but the the intent is that we've mapped the racing population and found that the midpoint of the racing population is at about the two thousand um, dollars age prize money, or oh two hundred and fifty ranking points is near enough as as damn it as the as the midpoint of the population. So what we want is greyhounds that are above that two thousand to um, compete at level two, and the dogs that are below two thousand and the dogs that don't uh, don't enter the uh, greyhound population because they're seen as being too slow um, to have confidence to come into the population. Now there there is some. Oh sorry. I'll, no no no. You keep yeah, going. That's fine. There, there is some teething areas uh, around it. Like, we haven't got our heads in the sand. We understand that, you know, there is some anomalies with um, dogs, the greyhounds that are around that level. So 
they just flip over 2,000, you know, that, that, that can be unfortunate. Um, but, you know, we're, we're trying our best and we'll keep tinkering it, tinkering with it to try and get the, the, the most out of the population in terms of people being able to make money with their with their greyhounds. And you've increased, um, a, you've got introduced a fourth place, haven't you, a $50 fourth place um, stake now? So it's actually paid down to last. So right. every unplaced runner gets $50 at the level three meetings, including, um, and also they get their travel, their travel. Fee, obviously. Yeah, yeah. That, look, that's really good. It doesn't sound a lot, but for the hobby trainer that, um, well, even us at the moment with the dogs we've got in our kennel, you take a couple to the races and you get an extra $100, $150. It um, contributes to the meat bill for the week or just, you know, buying dog food or just going to the vet and all of that. So every little bit does help. I'm sure people aren't, um, you know, disgruntled with that, surely. Yeah, well, yeah, we, that, that's the intent. And, you know, this industry is built on... Um, uh, you know, people in the country who are, you know, doing it for the love of it. So mm. to be able to make sure that they're not paying too much to do it for the love of it and give them uh, some money for, for, you know, showing up with these greyhounds, that's the intent. You know, it does have some unintended consequences. We had a case yesterday where a dog went to 2012 age prize money dollars and got eliminated from a race oh. meeting where the owner wanted to run, the trainer wanted to run. And, oh you know, I, I try to, I just say to people, please just have some patience and some sympathy with it. Or not, not so much sympathy, but... Understanding. We, we, are, we are trying. Mm. And when when you, I do like to say to people that when you're grading 120,000 dogs a year, which is the biggest single racing jurisdiction in the world, um, you, you can't codify or regulate every anomaly. You're going to have them. And try not to focus on them, but try to focus on the, the overall. And what we found in the first month, in March, we, we predicted the um, active ground population to dip under 2,500, which would have been the lowest ever. Right. Remembering that we need 2,208 dogs a week to race to fill 23 meetings of 12 races. So um, generally we need about 3,000 to 3,200. Um, it had been on a, de- a decline and then in March it came back up to... It, 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 we reversed the trend or the industry reversed the trend and, we had 2,881 active greyhounds in March. And what that meant is that, and people would see this, there's more um, 12 races and there's more races with eight um, starters. And that's good for the industry because we make more in wagering revenue and we're able to give that back to the industry in prize money and other benefits. Yeah, and that's absolutely what it's all about. Um, look, Vaughan, it's been great having you on the show this morning. We are out of time, but um, I'd love to touch base more regularly on this show because I think you've got some very valid points that we can get out. And, um, yeah, just like you mentioned, have some patience. A one-size-fits-all is not always going to work, but you're doing your best by the sounds of it. So appreciate your efforts, and thank you for giving up your time at the airport this morning. <laughs> no, no, thanks, thanks Simone, any time. And... Um you know, I'd just like to say, you know, to the to the industry, um, you know, 
we're working we're working our darndest for for you guys, and um, I know it doesn't always seem that way, but uh, if anyone you know needs any clarification, I'm always available and um, take some take calls. But I'd love to come on your program more regularly. It'd be fantastic. Yep, no, sure would. Thanks so much, Vaughan. Thanks so much, Simone. It's the expert pick, Simone's Run of the Week. Racing two, Dizalinko began smartly. Black Opium going through. They are one, two going to the first corner. In behind them, third, Marcello. Then Perfect Piper, also early with Grace. And Ishmael Girl, Jez has hit the front here from Black Opium coming to the corner. Marcello is winding up strongly. Black Opium is coming again. It hooks off heels. Jezalenko in front. Now back to the inside. Jez has got it, though. Jezza, three parts. Black Opium second, third Ishmael Girl, then Marcello. Uh, Gap Perfect Piper. And back with it early with Grace, 24-78. What more can you say? And Jezelenko, that was an awesome run at sale on Sunday. And, of course, he backed it up with his win on Thursday night. But he thoroughly deserves the run of the week this week. Last week's dog to follow, Dinah Unther raced at Sandown on Thursday, ran third in a heat of the launching pad. And Raiko Raketa, who I had two last week, uh, ran fourth after a tidy getaway last Saturday at the Meadows. He's in again tonight at the Meadows Race 9, number one. My dog to follow this week is Julana, ran a 29.85 at the Meadows and won by six lengths on Wednesday. She commenced racing only in June 2018 and has only managed four starts and has had two starts in 2019. So I'm assuming there may be some injury problems there, but she has started favourite every time and um, a terrific run there at the Meadows. My best bet is tonight at the Meadows, that greyhound that I mentioned earlier, Raiko Rocchetta, race nine, number one, I think coming up with the red box and that 29.78 personal best that the dog has makes it very hard to tip against him. And plenty coming up this week in racing. We have the launching pad semis next week, the Easter egg heats tonight, and like I've mentioned earlier, the Gap Adoption Day at the end of the month. So until then, like we say here on Talking Greyhounds, you keep those tails wagging.